But the good news is that we're like taking actionable data or actionable inputs from the data into the department heads to really, I think, make our business better. Inside Sports Business Intelligence is a podcast dedicated to the data, technology, and analytics used by the business side of sports. Whether you're looking to learn from industry experts or make your own data-driven decisions, this is the podcast for you. So I'm really excited about the next guest that we have on the on the show this week. Uh, so I'm here live from Santa Clara at the Sport Techie and 49ers Horizon Summit. And I'm joined by a good friend, Al Guido, president of the 49ers and CEO of Elevate Sports Ventures. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking some time to hop on the podcast. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for coming all the way to Santa Clara to do it. Of course. Uh, listen, uh, this, this was number one on my list. The conference, it's, it's cool that's going on, but I just wanted to get 30 minutes in the room with you so we could we could do the show. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't disappoint for your listeners. So, so we're here at the summit, and we're talking about a lot of different topics, a lot of things around strategy and innovation. And so, right off the bat, I mean, your first opening session yesterday was you and Scott O'Neill, and you jumped right into culture and people. Like immediately, I think that almost half the session was really talking about those two concepts. So, why was that really that first key point? Like, what do you do? How do you focus on developing that that culture? Well, I think first and foremost, hiring the right people. And, you know, it starts at the top in our organization with our owner, Jed York, and having a vision to be innovative in the space. And we talked a lot yesterday about, you know, the four main revenue buckets inside of professional sports, tickets, suites, sponsorship, and media. And you can, you know, as a professional sports team, certainly San Francisco 49ers, we're lucky in the sense we have great fans and 95% of our buildings sold through on season tickets, but that's not everybody, right, in, in this day and age. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to make sure that you reach all of your fans, whether it be on game day or non-game day, and that you transact in pop proper ways and that you're real efficient in your operation. And so the good news for us is we have an owner that's willing to invest in a large BI team. We have an owner that's willing to invest in fan experience year over year, even though our building's only going into our sixth year we spent over $10 million improvements. We've done over 250 different changes to the building since we opened up from all that fan feedback. And uh, and again, I think it's just having an owner that says, listen, yes, we got to do these four revenue streams really well, and we got to block and tackle inside of that space super, super efficiently. But there's also opportunities to grow outside of that, and we have to diversify our offerings, and we have to think differently and outside the box. And and so I got, I was real lucky when I was able to hire Moon Javid, who runs our BI team, Alex Chang, who's now our CMO, who comes from the brand side of the building. Um, so we have a real diverse leadership group, both in thought and sort of background. And I think it's led to some, some significant changes at the 49ers and how we think about ourselves as a sports and entertainment company alongside of an NFL football team. Nice. So, so you have that BI team. I think you, got, you call it the BSA team. I think that's your acronym. So, so tell me, so you mentioned Moon. How big is that department? How, how has it grown and changed over the last couple of years? And then maybe more, how much time do they spend on Niners versus some of these other more emerging opportunities that you're talking about? So it started in probably 2012 when we were looking to build the stadium. And they worked on everything from our food and beverage RFP to our retail RFP to the outline, outline of the building, structurally, architecturally. Now it's up to 10 people. I told people at the NFL office, so I don't hide from it. We spend roughly a million five a year in our business strategy and analytics team. 
And it's broken down in phases over, we had sort of a three-year roadmap that Moon laid out, which is in, you know, or now five-year roadmap that Moon laid out when we started, which the first year was all about having like an internal team marketing and business operations, what everybody knows about the MBA, which is we need to be really good at what we do and we need to be really efficient at it. And when you're opening up a 2 million square foot facility, you know, there's going to be hiccups. And, you know, our stadium GM he doesn't have all this data at his fingertips like our business strategy analytics team does, right? He's on the ground, he's operating, he's dealing with the labor force. And so what we were doing is taking, you know, 23 different data sources, piling them into useful dashboards for all of our internal department heads that they can use. And so the first two years, we really only did that. We were trying to get our operation as streamlined and efficient as we possibly could and increase fan experience. Since that time, We've, the, the team is really diverse. So not only do we work on internal projects, but we actually work on growing the brand. So we've purchased a youth football media sports streaming company. We've expanded our 49ers fitness gym concept with a gentleman named Mark Mastroff. And now we have a 36,000 square foot gym with over 4,000 members. We have uh, three physical therapy centers that are now open. Shoot, we did the Horizon Summit. We've launched Elevate Sports Ventures. And so that business strategy team is really like a growth team, right? It's not of an M&A team. And so we still do a lot of the work on the 49ers side. Obviously, we process all the surveys. We deal with all the data inputs. And this guy, Nick Sobel, sends great emails. Sort of after every game, Nick sends emails to every single department head in and around the feedback for their specific department. So if it's marketing, if it's sales, if it's game presentation, like here's the things we're hearing, here's the things we're seeing, here's all the changes that we think you can make. And we've empowered that team to really say, like, the department heads listen to them. They say, all right, I'm going to make these changes. And there's debate. Sometimes there's like, listen, I can't do that for budget reasons or infrastructure, et cetera. But the good news is that we're, like, taking actionable data or actionable inputs from the data into the department heads to really, I think, make our business better. No, that's really good. And literally, you started touching on one of the things I wanted to ask next. And, and something I think, like these BI teams, some do really well, like it sounds like you guys do, and some organizations maybe have some challenge with, is what is that dynamic between the analysts and the quantitative side and what makes its way up to the executive team? Like, how do you actually, so in general, like, you know, you started touching on it, but what is that advice that you would give other organizations in, in around BI to make sure they are, like, how do they best meet those, those C-level needs? So I think first and foremost, it's all about making sure the data is actionable, right? No, no C-level executive, most, but we're probably not going to go through a 200-page report on every single graphic or graph that you could show them in and around the business, right? And so I think understanding the needs of your organization is probably the most important, right? So for us, our needs um, luckily weren't necessarily revenue per se in that first year, right? And they weren't conversion rates and all those other things. Our needs were driven around like, how are we doing on the fan experience? That's was really our needs in year one. How are we doing on parking and transportation? How are we doing on our food and beverage, right? Because in, in our business at the San Francisco 49ers, roughly over 50% of our people literally come up to 50% of the fans on game day are here for the first time. And so we felt like, look, we have 10 Super Bowls that we need to put on. And we got to get that right first before we really start to do anything proactively. Now we've gotten to a point where Jim Mercurio might say, here's what I need, right? Like we'll go to the department heads in the beginning of the year, business strategy analytics team will go and say, what are your business goals for this year? How can we as a business strategy team help you achieve those goals? And Jim will say, look, I'd like to reduce egress and ingress, right? Five more minutes. 
And so they might go out and look at traffic and transportation lights, right, and routes inside the stadium. The food and beverage team might say, listen, labor costs are really difficult and making the margins work and throughput and queuing lines. I need you to think through the POS, right? How do we do this? Not just from an operational perspective, but do we take a look at how we might do loaded value in phones, right, for your stored value for your season tickets. So I think it's all about, first and foremost, understanding what the business needs are, then taking the data points that fill those business needs, and then coming back with a really streamlined report on like five to 10 actionable things that can help that department head. And the minute the department head feels like, wow, this group actually really did help me, honestly, our department heads are reaching out to this team now to say, can you please you know, fix this issue for me or let me know what's going on. And that was like a total shift in our business. You've gotten to the point where you've now flipped it, right? You don't have to convince them of the value that these guys are gonna be able to bring. They're now reaching out. They're saying, well, you were able to do this for me last year. Can you also help me with X, Y, and Z now? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like, it's also how the C-level executive thinks about it. And, and business strategy teams need to be patient, but you've seen a growth. Like look at this Horizon Summit. I mean, I think we started with maybe a little over 100 attendees in year one, and now we're up over 500. And I think the number is like every, you know, people are hiring, like we started at one a couple years ago from a strategy analytics team. And most of those, as you know, be a core, and obviously I'm a proud board member, they probably only had one CRM person there, right? Now it's three, we're 10, I don't know where it goes. And I said yesterday, I fundamentally think about it differently than maybe some other people do, which I don't think of it as a cost center. I really don't. And Truth be told, we hired sort of outside the sports world, but like the revenue streams is not a difficult world, right? And so they help our ticketing team. They do all of our dynamic and variable pricing. And so if you think about that lift, and I I argued with Scott O'Neill on stage yesterday, you know, I used to live in a world where like we'd hire 60 inside sales reps, you'd give them a database, right? And they'd call through it. That's not efficient, really. Like, there was no lead scoring in that. You might have known they attended a game or two, but you didn't really know anything else, right? And then you guys came along, right? Which then really helped us intelligently think through our business, right? Build a data warehouse, make sure that we have a CRM system, make sure we have tracking accountability. And what I say now is like, it's all about the flow, right? So what is the marketing team doing to capture new leads, right? Or for the leads that we have to nourish them through the pipeline, then on the BI side, like what are we doing to price the building effectively? Every single seat, down to every single seat, what it means on a Sunday, maybe on a Monday night, on a Thursday night against a certain opponent. And then how are we giving that information to our ticket office and our sales team? And so I think, I know, like we do a job at the end of the year where we show our ownership group the incremental value that the business strategy and analytics team brings to our overall business. And I can tell you that the ROI is much higher than the million five that we spend on that team. Excellent. I think I think everyone is going to use the last two minutes what you said to help justify increasing their budget on the BI, on the BSA side, which is which is which I'm sure everyone will appreciate. You mentioned before that you know even going to year one how, the importance of the fan experience. So let's let's talk about fans for a little bit. With all this data, with all this investment, how well do you feel that you know your fans today, and and how do you engage them differently based on the things that you've you've been able to learn about them? I would say that we know them very well at this point. You know, whether it's quantitative or qualitative feedback that we've gotten over the course of the last five years, we know our game day fans very, very well. I think the next step is understanding how the 10 million plus 49ers fans across the globe, right? And uh, I think we're at a point right now where we're able to 
sort of had microclimates inside of our fan base. Like we understand the legacy and traditional fan very well. Um, those who have been with us since our days at Kizar. And then we understand sort of what marketing components and what's exciting to maybe the millennial or what's excited to Gen Z, right? Like the people that are coming up thinking about the 49ers differently. And so, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I remember both, right? I remember the history and tradition of Joe Montana and the five Super Bowls, but there's a millions of fans in the Bay Area that frankly weren't even born during that time and don't remember that. And they identify maybe with the 49ers in a different way. And so I think what the marketing tools and the analytics has given us is ability to not have a shotgun approach to our marketing and fan service initiatives. It's to really take each customer segment and apply those marketing initiatives to each one of them. And so there's no one size fits all for us. Like I always say, we're sort of a custom dev shop. You know, we're going to do exactly what it's necessary to make sure that we attract, engage, and retain our customers at whatever level that they're at, whether it's age, fandom, et cetera. No, excellent. I think I think you the that what you mentioned about the blend of the quantitative and the qualitative is also really critical there because there's some data you're never going to get that individual per person data point on, but whether it's surveys, whether it's feedback, there's a lot of things that you can glean from that and use that to drive strategy along with that kind of larger big data type of resource if you will. Yeah, and I would say like the one thing I love that that Moon and his team did, which is it was somewhat controversial and we worried about it a little bit at first, which is we literally showed all of our fans the output of what they were giving us. So, I mean, we literally walked them through Tableau reports and, you know, here's what we're doing well. Here's what we're not doing well. Here's where we score against other NFL teams. And that transparency, I think, in this day and age, right? And, and as we should, I am too. Like, how much data are these companies taking from us? How are they using that data? In our mind, we've always said, listen, what we're trying to really do with it is make your experience better, right? For us to get better as an organization. And that sounds really good, but when you show that to them and then you show them all the changes you made from their specific feedback. And so if they say, hey, here's a word cluster of all the surveys throughout the, the year. Here's the 10 issues you identified as fans. Here are the 20 changes we've made to identify, you know, to fix those 10 issues. Man, the power in that, you know, like and I'm super proud of our organization. In, in the last two years, we've been the top five in NFL in customer service for, for a team. And look, that's not so easy to do. We haven't had the success that we want on the field. And a lot of people think, well, when, when you win, it'll all take care of itself. And there's some truth to that. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that the best organizations, the best companies do the right things by their customers and their fans, regardless of whether they win or lose. Right. And winning and losing is just market conditions. And we need to react to those market conditions. But our business plan should always be to do the best job we can sort of off the field to make sure the value and the experience and the quality that, that we're delivering on your behalf as a fan should be first class. Oh, that's that's excellent. I, lo I love showing that information back to the fans, like to actually know that their voice is being heard. It also builds trust. Like there's all these issues on privacy and transparency around data. So to make them feel like this is what we're doing and you can be open and honest with them and they, f they see that feedback loop in action, that's just going to make them more willing to share more insights with you in the future. So I think that's really interesting. You guys have been really early adopters around digital and mobile ticketing. I think you've had some of the best success when it comes to implementing that. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about what that's been like here, either on the data side, the fan experience side? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, we've added hundreds of thousands of fans to our database via the mobile ticketing platform. I think the security in our stadium, no one talks about that as much as they probably should. You know, I think in 2014, even in 2013, the last year at Candlestick, when you only know 19,000 of the 70,000 people in attendance, those days have to end, right? And it's not just about data and dollars. It is about fans to get safety and security, right? And so our fans, I think the first, the first part of it is like, fans always wanted that commemorative ticket, but sometimes you really don't know what you want, right? And, and I, you know, listen, there's times where we always have to listen to our fans. And then there's times where like, we have to trust that we're doing the right thing by the business and that we're doing the right thing by them. And we got some pushback in the first year when we went to all mobile ticketing, but it wasn't nearly what everyone thought. And so I think, you know, sometimes we can all get scared away by some feedback around like, we're not, you know, you can't do this. No way. Our fans are going to revolt. I, we explained it to them, the reasons why we wanted to do it. We explained to them the the platform that we wanted to use it. Right. And so if it was only about saving money on printing tickets, right? Or if it was only about acquiring more data points on fans, right? And using that those data points to obviously grow your business, then that's not the exact reason. And so for us, it was it had to be sort of a multi-layered approach. Like our mobile application, obviously powered by Venue Next, um, alongside of Ticketmaster, it was not just about the utility functions, but it became how we proactively message to someone. So if we now know in your mobile device that you're coming, we can help you on your route to the game. We can help you on your route to inside the stadium. We might be able to um, tell you what express lines might be faster at the concession stands. And so if it's part of a broader package, they understood it and they got it. And honestly, like it's led, certainly it's led to tons of different names uh, in our database, new incremental names. It's led to obviously increased dollars, but I think more importantly, it's led to us servicing our fans in the most efficient ways. Excellent. Let's let's flip it around to the corporate side for a second too, because clearly, I mean, there's all this great information on the fans, but just in general, how do the challenges or the priorities shift around around data and innovation when you think about your partners, especially out here, you have lots of technology partners. So, how does that that culture that that innovation focus drive what's happening on the partnership side of things? Well, I think it certainly has helped us on our corporate partnership level. Like Brent Shobe's done a great job for us and we've been lucky. Like we're one of the teams who sort of cracked the code on having a lot of tech technology partners, like actual sponsors. And I think at times probably teams felt like, well, they're going to force some business back down your throat. Right. And are the tools and platforms that they have really usable? And we found that they are like we found if you get in with a company like SAP, for example, I know yesterday a lot of people saw the executive huddle by SAP where we're taking all these different data platforms, throwing it together in dashboards that were operating in real time, like each each individual concession stand and the performance of that, each individual parking lot and the performance of that, right? Each ticketing and gate metric. And so they really helped us build that out. And so not only are they a partner, which are getting value from obviously all of our fans and their brand affiliation, et cetera, but we're really using their tools in real time. And so the same thing with Intel, right? Intel is a technology company. We use their volumetric stuff on replay and we've like white labeled that for our fans to be something that they can really experience different content inside the building. So for us, like we're looking to partner with the best companies in the space, big and small, right? There's a lot of technology companies that frankly we use because look, we're still a sports team. I said yesterday, we're not technologists. Like we, we, we hope 
people like Core come around. We hope people like, you know, uh, Venue Next come around. We hope somebody else comes around, right? Localytics, right? To do some of the things that we want to do on that side. You know, we're working with season share on some of our suite and season ticket sharing. Like we hope these companies come around and create platforms, frankly, that make our jobs easier because the change of pace in this business is rapid and we can't keep up with it, right? There's other companies out there trying to solve problems. And, you know, what? look, back to core, like what I love about being a part of this company is like, what problems do these sports teams have? What can we do as technologists and data scientists and engineers to fix these? And then how we can deliver that in the most streamlined way for a team, because they would never go do it on their own. And so if you take that same approach to any other complex issue inside of sports, we might be able to fix it and grow it and build it ourselves, but probably likely we can't, but we can partner with you and create a platform where you can grow your own business. And so for any technology company that's listening to this podcast, if you created something that you think will help pain points inside sports organizations, like, please reach out, bring it, because we would love to talk. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned you mentioned you're you're on our board, which is great. What's that? What's the experience been like for you? You know, in the, I guess your, you know, your first you know, almost a year on the board. Honestly, I felt like, man, like I we need to be using more of the tools and the platforms that that you all have built it. And and look, I, I think. Todd and Matt, and obviously the founders of the company, yourself, Adam Grow. Like, what I love about it is you get our business, you understand the challenges, you're nimble, right? You work with people. Yes, you've built a platform, but you also understand not every team is the same. And I think the personalized customer experience is unbelievable. You know, I know Steve Chan on our side just loves working with you guys our sales team loves the platforms and tools that we have at our disposal and frankly like the growth of the company you know now that Saren's on board and working with some of the guys there i mean every single board meeting i learned something new about my own business and that's the awesome part like i i like to believe i'm helpful but truthfully some of the things that you guys are up to on on not just the team side, but the brand side, I think is really going to be beneficial to how sponsors think through uh, rate card and ROI and all the things that are changing in our business, right? It's not about just uh, signs and, and impressions anymore, right? It's, it's further than that. And I think that you guys have an opportunity to be just close enough to the space, but just close enough or just far enough out of it to really be able to think through ways that you can build, scale, and grow platforms and tools to help these teams. Because when you're in it, sometimes it's too hard, right? So if you're just close enough, you can sort of think outside the box where maybe a team will get too stuck in its own ways. I appreciate that. I know we love having the perspective that you that you bring from from the different teams you work with. And then, I mean, now one of the things I also want to ask you about was was Elevate, right? So, you know, you have your CEO of Elevate along to the along with the role as president of the Niners. What are the biggest differences when you think about data and technology here with the single team versus all the different projects and things you're doing with Elevate? How do, how do the priorities change when when you put that hat on? They don't change too much, except for, you know, Elevate is a robust sales and marketing company with a lot of different tools and services at our disposal. And we're not just necessarily focused in on sales and marketing, right? I've had the great pleasure of working for two organizations who opened up new buildings, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. And 
you know, Jerry Jones and the team down there, they really thought outside the box in and around seat licensing revenue and et cetera. And they changed every the way sports teams were financed, frankly, or sports stadiums were financed. And then we got hired at the San Francisco 49ers and we sort of took those tools and we shifted them and changed them to the marketplace, but they weren't all that different. And But I think now inside of the world, sports sales and marketing needs to evolve at a faster pace. Right. And I think you're seeing it now. You've seen it over the course of the last couple of years, the transparency in the second mar- secondary market and the the dynamic and variable pricing in real time. And Michael Rapino, who's one of our um, board members or you know one of our partners at, at, at Elevate, probably said it best when when we were in one board meeting. He's like, no venue has ever sold out anymore. There is no sellout when I can get into a. And if I could fly into San Francisco or San Jose, open up my phone and go to a San Francisco 49ers game at any point in time, we all need to be much smarter, much more efficient, and we need to think through the sales and marketing operation much differently than we probably have in the past. And every single one of our clients is very different. We got multiple clients all across the globe in every single different professional sport. And what an esports team might be trying to solve for is very different than what an MLS team might be trying to solve for. The similarities in that is they're all trying to grow revenue streams. They're all trying to maximize their footprint. They're all trying to grow their brand. And they're at different stages inside of that. And so like our client Inter Miami, you know, Jorge Mas, David Beckham, Jurgen, all the guys, they got two they got two challenges, right? They're trying to grow and build a team from start. They have no coach, no players, right? So it's a startup. They also have to build two brand new stadiums, right? They got to think through design, operations, architecture, sales and marketing. And so we are literally on the ground with them, with our strategy team. I call it our task force where we're not just going to work on sales and marketing. We're going to look through all of your design. We're going to try to maximize your entire footprint. We're going to rethink queuing and POS and et cetera. And so why should this sort of standard, I always joke with architects, like 10 square foot to one in each club space. Like, well, why do we use that? Well, that's because we go to old belly up POSs. Well, is that really going to be the future of stadium? Right? Are you really going to check out at any point in the future? And so how might you think through that? And so that's what I love about Elevate, which is we're not a one-size-fits-all. Depending upon our clients' needs, we will send people down and or on-site with them to literally solve whatever it is. And so if that's mainly sales, it's sales. If it's strategy and analytics, it's strategy and analytics. If it's data warehousing and platform, we can do that too. And so for us, it's all about what the client needs. And that's the most fun part about being at Elevate is because all the challenges are very different. So two last questions for you if I let you go. I know you're a busy guy. If you had to pick one thing that you are keeping an eye on, on on the data side, something that really gets you excited, you think is going to pop here in the next, I don't know, 12 to 24 months. What's that? What's that one thing if I made you pick one? I don't know if I can pick one. I would say the explosion of pricing power and metrics inside of venues is going to be really important as we think through the challenges of the number of games, the number of fans and filling our stadiums. I think it's becoming more important that we get that right without taking away from season ticket orders, et cetera, because the trends are not great. And I think we need to do a better job at understanding pricing power and metrics. Nice. So even like taking things like putting AI even behind that things that can be like truly dynamic rather than than like even manually refreshing, like having it truly live real time. No doubt. And, and honestly, even per seat, 
you know, I, I think that we got to a place in our industry, which is fine, right? Which is, you know, we're going to have to look at it similar to the airline industry, you know, to some degree, right? Which is no matter when you log on, like what is it per seat in each different section based off whatever game. And, you know, one of our clients is a baseball client and they're thinking through that heavily, right? Because they got 81 games. And so it's a very different challenge than NFL sports team. Like they have tons of supply, you know, via the games. And so how they think through that in real time, I think it's gonna be super important. All right, and last question. So I love all those articles, like athletes and, and players, when they write letters back to their younger selves, right? And, well, you know, if I knew then what I know now. So if you could go back and tell your younger self something that, you know, you've learned along the way, what, uh, what would that be? Be patient. Things don't happen as fast as you'd like them to be. You know, change is hard and you got to be willing to go through it and, and get some bumps in the road. And, uh, and you know, and then surround yourself with people who challenge you, who think differently and uh, don't be afraid of it. You know, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. I know I'm not probably ever uh, the smartest person in the room. So surround yourself with really good people who think through challenges, who challenge you personally and professionally. I think that'll lead to the best growth. And I've been lucky to do that. I've, I'd like to think I'm still young and uh, I've just been surrounded with brilliant people who all across, like whether in sports or out of sports have really tried to push and innovate and think differently. And I think you get, get caught in a world where I don't call it lazy, but like you just get comfortable and uh, you got to live with some level of, uh, un, you know, sort of being uncomfortable and be okay with that, you know, and uh, that's hard when you're young, right? You, you want to have confidence. You want to be smart about something. You might not want to test the waters on stuff you don't know or ask questions. I ask so many questions. And I know I didn't do it today because I'm on the other side of this, but I ask sometimes the most elementary question and sometimes my favorite I was, you know, there's there's one movie where it was all about sort of the financial crisis, and in the movie, the guy gets in the boardroom and he says, "You know, I didn't get here because of my smarts or whatever, so I need you to explain this like to me, like I'm a two year old, right?" And there's times where I'll sit in our business strategy analytics teams and I'll say, "I need you to explain this to me like I'm a two year old, right?" And uh, and I think at times there might be people in leadership that don't want to say that or admit it. And uh, I think I'm happy to admit it. And I think anybody should be like, know what you know and know what you don't know. I spend a lot of time on things I know really well. And then I hire really smart people on things I don't know really well. So challenge yourself there. That's awesome. Al, thank you for, uh, for making the time. Really enjoyed the summit so far. Looking forward to day two. And uh, we'll talk more soon. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Inside Sports Business Intelligence is a podcast dedicated to the data, technology, and analytics used by the business side of sports. Whether you're looking to learn from industry experts making data-driven decisions, discover new ways executives are using analytics on a daily basis, or simply figure out how to leverage the power of business intelligence in your organization, this is the podcast for you. You've been listening to the Inside Sports Business Intelligence podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. And please send us your ideas for future episodes by tweeting us at at Core Software. That's at K-O-R-E Software. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.